Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Hello and welcome back to New Books in History, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. I'm Colin Mustful, your host today, and I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Sigrid Lien, author of the book, Pictures of Longing, Photography and the Norwegian-American Migration. Sigrid, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. Sigrid Lien is a professor of art history and photography studies at the University of Bergen, Norway, and a leading authority on Norwegian photography. She has published extensively on modern and contemporary visual culture and is the author of the first extensive history of photography in Norway. Srigrid, I'd like to begin with uh, a short excerpt of your book. Um, It's from chapter three, uh, the first paragraph. So just give me a moment here. I'll read the excerpt for our listeners. The young woman in the photograph sits alone on the prairie. The photographer is at a low vantage point in relation to the subject. The sky is big and the horizon line low. We look up at the slight angle to where she sits in front of the modest building, a tiny shack of planked wood covered with tar paper, and with a flat, seemingly endless landscape of grassland in the background. Even though the house is small and humble, the young woman is still, like so many immigrants, interested in presenting herself and her world with dignity. Through the little window facing the photographer, we glimpse neatly ironed curtains. Dressed in a white lace blouse and wearing a bonnet, she poses like a young woman from the urban middle class, straight-backed and deeply absorbed in what appears to be a book or magazine. Her posture and grooming stand in strong contrast to the dismal shanty where she apparently lives. Even though a shovel is leaning against the wall, her relationship to the landscape seems to be quite different from that of a farmer's practical, utilitarian perspective. The portrait of her is also clearly differentiated from the aesthetics of more traditional immigrant photography, which documents and dwells on the great size of the fields and the newly achieved prosperity. So I wanted to start with that because that's what I found most fascinating about this book was your ability to describe a photograph. And I found myself turning and looking at the photograph and analyzing it and trying to glean from it the same things that you did. So I wonder if you can talk about how you developed that skill to describe these photographs and analyze them. Um, Well, I am an art historian and that's what we do, actually. Uh, We have to, you know, um, um, my training is very much uh, into that, trying to to put words into, um, we have to sort of um, describe our vision of the material. And in order f- uh, for the reader to see uh, or to to um, sort of confirm that they see the same or if, or that they can falsify or, or, or uh, substantiate my vision. So that image is also printed in the book for the readers to see for themselves as well. Um, so that is that is uh, a, a, actually an art historical method, I would say. Sure. Well, you did it quite skillfully, and it really kept me engaged as a reader. Uh, let's talk about the an early photograph, one of your father. Uh, is that what got you interested in in this type of history and in the photographs from Norway? Uh, it is actually of my grandfather. Grandfather, um, I'm sorry. Yes, it, yes, uh, yes. Um, as a young girl, I was. I remember very fondly my grandfather. He was from a small village south of Bergen and I remember him sitting in the in the by the kitchen table and uh, sometime uh, not often but sometime he would speak about his 
experiences in uh, America as a young man because he uh, went to Montana um, because he didn't he couldn't find work in Norway so so he the plan was to make it a temporary temporary home to, to stay mm-hmm. uh, and to bring his his daughter and his wife and his two daughters uh, on late later that they were following but 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 that dream didn't come true because um, uh, his first wife sadly died. So uh, so he went back, but um, uh, and I remember you know I was very proud of having a grandfather who had been a, a cowboy in America. I would uh-huh. boast to the other the children in the street, said telling them about this, and then I forgot about it when I grew older. But then suddenly. Uh, I saw out of nowhere uh, a photograph po- popped up in in uh, from um, Santos by a distant relative uh, that showed my grandfather in Montana on horseback, and uh, I was then already an art historian, and my main interest was in photography. So I thought there must be. So many, there must be thousands and thousands of, of similar photographs in other Norwegian uh, and Norwegian-American homes. So, yes. so that became really the starting point for, for my study. And also um, uh, at my university, um, my university was also uh, the working place of uh, Orm of Øverland, um, who was um, uh, an English scholar, 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 American study scholar, um, as you call it. But uh, he has been uh, collecting or editing the collect the the, the Norwegian collections of uh, America letters uh, in several uh, volumes for years, and he has encourage students to also to write about uh, the collections of letters from their own um, home places. So, so, uh, so this different districts were around in Norway. So I met one of his students and I was fascinating, fascinated by, by her telling about these America letters and what they could say and so on. And I thought there must be a connection between letters and photographs. And that's how the whole thing started. Well, you mentioned letters and and photographs. You kind of talk about that in the book, pictures Mm -hmm. versus letters. Mm -hmm. What does each one can reveal? What does each one conceal? So can you tell us a little bit more about the the value of the pictures versus the value of the letters sent home to Norway? Yes. I think that the letters could uh, could could speak about things that might have been difficult to express by words, um, and they have um, uh, an emotional way of speaking that is uh, uh, that is different from bearing that may, may be different from the from the from the from the from the letters uh-huh. um uh, as i mean um they have us as i have uh, i've written about this that i i i i propose that they have some sort of um interventional um uh, potential um uh, in in history uh, and that they have um an uh an equally strong interventional impact and emotional hold as the letters. Um, for example, even though uh, people that wrote the letters would be cautious in encouraging their friends and relatives to follow them across the Atlantic, because, I mean, uh, that would be taking responsibility of someone else's life, in a sense. Um, they would be care- careful about doing that. Uh, and um, But um, they could enclose images 
of the bountiful fields and and uh, material prosperity in America and uh, fertile images of of uh, fertile lands and wide stretched fields uh, that were so different from 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 the tiny little farms uh, that we have in in Norway. So 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 and also uh, the version of 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 this subject could assume an almost poetic character. So that is how they could speak about how their um, the most important choice they had made in their life uh, was a good and sound one. Um, they could say it, they could express it more easily through the images, I believe. And also, uh, I find that um, things that could be hard to speak about, um, uh-huh. uh, like grief, um, could be also expressed by an image. I mean, some sometimes these letters are very economic and very sort of uh, um, um, they're listing up how, how much they've sowed and how much they harvested and and, and so and so. But uh, then they a lot of perhaps punctuate this by saying, "But last week uh, we lost our little daughter, but I'm enclosing an image of her so you can see how beautiful she was." So mm-hmm. that is that is how uh, they could speak about things that also were uh, also were painful and 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 hard to elaborate more in words. I, I believe. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh- how how honest were the photographs? You have one subheading uh, titled "Bragging Pictures." Yeah. Uh, so were they were they just proud of what they had accomplished in America and wanted to to show that off? Of course, of course, uh, and uh, you can imagine coming from like from a remote valley in Norway, like Setesdalen, where they right up to the nineteen sixties would wear these. Uh, um, uh, very solid uh, woolen uh, uh, clo- um, um, uh, traditional outfits uh, that mm-hmm. being, uh, that they produced themselves up there, and and coming over to America and just to experience that kind of modern uh, uh, materials, uh, pattern cotton and so on. Uh, that was a, a new world. So they, of course, they would send images home with written with, uh, and they many there's so many images that has uh, the words "Do you recognize me?" written on the mm-hmm. box. So, so that is a uh, that is one of the tropes I believe that are to be found in this visual culture. Okay, well, they're they're all very interesting photographs just to see the. The families uh, next to their homes, and and then uh, yes. other people with their businesses, and mm-hmm. then with their horses and oxen. Yeah, um, and the, 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 these are images that show off their new buildings and 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 buildings that we didn't, you know, the, the architectural styles that we didn't know in the home country, and okay. and, and then and they have they they, they bring out the port that piano to the porches and they they their books and flowers and furniture and lace curtains and, and elegant clothing so so, mm-hmm. so that is um, um that that is how they could demonstrate how uh, life had done well by them in america despite warnings from 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 among other um places the norwegian authorities um that were host, host, hostile to 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 emigration in Norway. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you could talk a little more about the photographers themselves and some of the techniques and technology around photography. You 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 pick out a lot of different photographers and and tell us about how they're able to capture these images and how they're able to use their artistry to to do that. Yeah. Um, so. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, um, uh, I mean, um, the earliest um, 
um, uh, photographs or the, 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 the most early collection uh, in this uh, in my book is the one that, that uh, by, by Andreas Lafendal, who came from from uh, Valdres in Norway. And um, um, uh, I believe they are. And then they were, uh, as I write, discovered in a, by chance in an old tobacco barn in Wisconsin. And they are now in the, in, uh, kept by the uh, uh, historical society there in Madison, Wisconsin. And this is a really, really beautiful uh, collection. And um, I mean, um, he worked in what we call wet plate technique. Um, it, it is a technique that um, uh, uh, meant that the photographer would had to be very skilled technically because he had to prepare the glass plates, his glass plate, while uh, um, traveling around. And that um, required, for, for, uh, for example, that he had a pl plentiful supply of water, fresh water and so on. So he couldn't do that in, this, in the winter. It had to be in the summer. Uh, so he was <clears throat> one of the itinerant photographers that I have been writing about. And um, and he came from um, a poor tenant farm, uh, farming family in Norway, and uh, uh, and he and he started working as a photographer in the early eighteen seventies in Wisconsin, and um, as I see it, his, his images to a large extent. Um, uh, work as uh, reflections of being a part of an immigrant community. Um, uh, uh, he shows, I've, I've written about um, three different examples of his, uh, his portraiture. One is of uh, an American, Norwegian-American pastor's family who is posing under the Norwegian flag uh, in their garden, in front of the house, uh, they even put a man on the on top of the roof in in order to you know to uh, to expose the flag better uh, mm -hmm. for the viewers. So they are very, that is a way of uh, signaling loyalty from the culture they came from, and also uh, he is very keen on on uh, showing off his material wealth and that he has a prominent and trusted position. So uh, so, so I, I believe that Dahl's images uh, and beautiful uh, sort of um, posing patterns that he develops, uh, um, are, um, they are highly staged, uh, but also very sensi sensi sensitively and, 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 and uh, uh, done in a way that shows that he really understood his sitters and their communities and their values. So he also photographs uh, 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 a family of cow carpenters, and I would, which in perhaps in contrast to, to, to the, to the, to the pastor, it does not speak that much about material wealth, but about professional pride and family togetherness. He sits there with his tools, uh, uh, just like, you know, as sort of, um, uh, like in medieval paintings, people would sit with uh, objects that would speak about who they were and their sure. identity. So it's about professional pride, as I said, and family togetherness. And But I, but I also uh, have, um, written there about how um, there's another there are other values that might, might be expressed that there's a young married couple who sits there in front of their house with a banner behind them uh, um, 
uh, signaling that they are um, adherents of Marketstrana, and they have uh, the banner is saying freedom, equality, and enlightenment. So, mm-hmm. so they engage the family portrait to signal the values on which they chose to base their new life on a new continent. So, so each in their own way, um, uh, this itinerant uh, photographer subjects um, speak about not only about their identity, but also their values uh, mm-hmm. through their posings and and uh, and through the, the the kinds of objects they want to be surrounded with. Well, for as much as these people had and were able to sh- to show in those photographs, I'm sure it must have been hard for them to afford the photography. Uh, how much? What did it cost for a family to to purchase photographs like this and and to make be able to send those home? Well, it's a um, well, it's a long span of time that I'm writing about in this book, so I, I'm I'm not going to be very specific. But they they write about this. They write about uh in a, about having their photographs take being taken and the plans of having it taken in a way that uh, shows that this wasn't wasn't not that this was a very serious thing to have done and to um um and something that would they would invest in and that some when there weren't any itinerant photographers around like uh Lassendal, they would uh, visit the, the, the nearest small town where there would be a stu- studio, and uh, that could probably involve traveling for days and so on. And uh, I also find um, it interesting to read the letters that describe uh, their longing for photographs. So many of of uh, of the the America letters speaks about. Uh, a genuine wish for 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 portraits um, sent over from Norway. They want to. They are including photographs, and so there is a circulation. There is a transatlantic circulation uh, in, in, here at at play. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is uh, yeah. So I, I began with uh, an excerpt from Chapter 3, which uh, centers a, a lot around Mina Westby, mm. uh, a female photographer. Mm. Uh, you you mentioned that emigrant records from different counties in Norway assert that a third of approximately 400 people who stated photographer as their occupation on their departure to America were women. Mm. Can you talk more about Mina and, and about uh, women photographers that you talk in this book? Yeah. Um, I think I, I think that uh, is such an interesting um, um, aspect of this history uh, that f- photography uh, also could intervene in history by giving uh, young women um, by working as a mean of their independence, because um, uh, I mean you have already. Uh, read my description of 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 uh, her portrait that I happened to find uh, in the Norwegian Migrant Museum, and then <laughs> one of my colleagues here at the department, uh, French department actually, he, um, uh, had seen uh, that I that I, you know, given an interview or something about my project and show. And, and talked about this image about the young woman, women on the prairie that wasn't cultivating, totally not interested in cult- cultivating the land, but mm. she's just sitting there waiting for her life to take another direction. She's uh, mm. so, 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 um, and that young woman, as I said, is Emina Baspi, who, who emigrated from, from Trysil in Norway in 1902. And it, Photograph of uh, maybe a sad portrait, but since we kn- know that she worked as a photographer uh, during her time in the Midwest, um, but um, uh, but when she came over, she came over to meet her father, and 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 
and uh, became very disappointed be- because she understood uh, that she, for different reasons, couldn't rely very much on him. So, so, and she understood that she had to, 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 to be able to to make a living on on her own, and uh, and then she ended up with uh, as a as a settler on a prairie, but uh, by by t- taking land, and uh, um, uh, and uh, and she, uh, but she couldn't. Um, of course, uh, be there alone out there in the in the winters that would be too dangerous. So she started working uh, in Minneapolis in in another uh, smaller town in uh, in Minnesota as a seamstress, and she um, and I think it was there that she became interested in photography, and she she started. Uh, training as a photographer, but at the same time she has much. It's just a love story involved in, in this, but because uh, I know from her letter that I happened to find that uh, and that I was given access to by her wonderful family, um, uh, um, that she she met uh, this uh, young man, also Norwegian American. Um, immigrant, a young scholar, very promising young scholar, and they um, uh, established a relationship. And he was writing to her and sending her, um, among other things, Russian uh, contemporary novels and uh, uh, articles on. Uh, women's liberation and 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 so on. Uh, so, and she even uh, engages in uh, personal in uh, archaeological uh, excavations out there. Uh, she on the prairie, and she she uh, borrows uh, um, telescopes um, to look at uh, the stars. Uh, and so she's a very capable young woman. And mm. and then, but then it comes to a point where she's not sure about this relationship, and he says, "Please come to, with me to Paris. I'm going to study there now for some time." And she says, "No, I'm not coming unless I know that I can make uh, my own, uh, make money for my own to support myself." Uh, and no, I'm going to be a photographer. So she, she, she puts her own independence. Um, before uh, I'm, I'm sure she would love to go to Paris, but but she wants to be independent, and 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 to have uh, to 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 um, establish a life on her own um, premises. So she, um, and then her sisters want her to come back to Norway, and she goes back to Norway and. And tries to live, uh, starts a business there as a um, community photographer in Trisil, which is a small village near uh, the border of Sweden. But then she um, understands that life in America has changed her. She is she has become more of a free spirit or free thinker, and she says, for instance, that. I feel a little bit lonely. My my sisters uh, both go to church every Sunday. I'd rather be out in the sun, and uh, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and 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 then she starts uh, corresponding with her, um, what with with her um, uh, with the the man who's going to be a Fiancy, they take up their relationship again, and when she, when he again, for the fourth time, asks her to, to to marry him, she 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 jumps on the first boat to America, and uh, and stay there for the rest of her life, and uh, never photographed again. But she is not alone. I mean, by 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 using photography as a tool for 
as an apron for 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 liberation sort of um so um but it's difficult to establish that you know a whole life in america turned out for the majority of these women photographer because uh, they tend to you know to be hidden because they uh, they work in their husband's studios and uh, or they run their husband's studios studios mm-hmm. it's it, it the, the studios is often registered in the name of their husbands or fathers or brothers or whatever so so uh, I've, i found it difficult to 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 um to to study them but that's truly something that i would have loved love to do more about um yeah were you able to learn all all that about mina westby just just from the letters she sent home um um yeah, yes, that is a good question. Um, because, as I said, as I told you, um, my colleague here at the French department, he said that uh, I have more pictures uh, of of Mina Vaspi because you know she was my great great aunt, and uh, I said oh, really, and and I said, and he said I could put you in connection with her family, in in and my family in 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 the US. So I, I went to uh, to to visit um, uh, her, her her son-in-law, who is now uh, ninety. Oh, yeah, he's ninety-seven years old or something like that now, and he was so wonderful to me. And I I got to stay in his house uh, up in uh, in the area north of New York, where I live now, and. And he took me up to this Catskills mountain where she, where, where her ashes were spread, and that was the place she and her husband purchased because it reminded them of of Norway. And uh, but they told me about her life and in and and gave me other images and and then they told me also that they had stopped her from from burning the letters. And that oh. also, when uh, she died, they had found more letters in the in a in an old cupboard that was actually standing there still in the room that I got to 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 sleep when I visited the family uh, up there. So, I mean, I've been so um, uh, blessed with all this help from Norwegian American family. Sure. And uh, uh, who have uh, invited me to to listen to their stories and to to read the letters and to see their photographs. So so that is how I have um, uh, come across this material. But that is not only true about um, Norwegian Americans; it's also true about some communities in Norway. Uh, for example, uh, uh, the valley of Setestal and the village of Valla. Yes. Because, but uh, yeah. it's quite a quite a story. Uh, sounds like the contents of of its own novel, mm-hmm. perhaps a mini series. But uh, it's wonderful that you're able to 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 learn all that and then share it in in this book. Uh, I want to ask you about settler colonialism. That's that's a topic that's uh, come up, especially where I live in Minnesota, mm. about how the land uh, switched hands from indigenous to to settlers. Mm. Uh, you do mention it in in your book. Mm. Um, you say only recently have Norwegian American historians begun mm. to mention the Norwegian participation in this process of settler colonialism. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, uh, I think that is a very interesting and important uh, subject. Uh, and I've been to some uh, Norwegian American uh, conferences, history conferences, and I've been so impressed by these uh, Norwegian American, particularly no- women historians, that has brought this forth, because uh, Om Erlund, um who has 
edit collected in a edited uh, multi-volume collections of letters. Um, he has written also about uh, the absence of narratives about meeting the other. That that, uh, in other words, the indigenous uh, population that was driven away uh, in the letters, and um, because, as he says, uh, uh, the story about the um, heroic migrant settler is one that is, in a sense, incompatible with the story, the, 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 the horrible and sad story about those who lost their land. Uh, and um, so that is not... And, I mean, it's only through glimpses in this material that... Uh, the photographs speak about this, or indirectly. Um, uh, as for instance, just a few weeks ago, um, I spoke to um, to to a friend here in Norway, and uh, who has who has sent me this this photograph of his uh, grandmother that actually returned to Norway, but from her days uh, in. Uh, in Dakota, uh, she's standing there on a prairie and uh, and um, with her husband and her children, uh, and it's one of these. It looks like like uh, so many of these immigrant photographs, but but then I said uh, yes, but it is really so many sad stories behind that image uh, about her life that the image doesn't speak about. And he says yes, and 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 sometimes um, um, the latter um, um, the, the the photograph may open up, you know, for further research because he said you need to speak to my brother because he knows the story about how grandmother told about uh, how. Someday, the 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 the, 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 the indigenous people, representatives from the indigenous population or Indians, as the Norwegians would say, uh, they were just standing there outside their house, staring at them, and we were very they were very frightened, but it was a strong experience. They 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 were standing there, and then they silently went away, and that image doesn't speak about that, and many and that would not be the kind of image that were sent back home, uh, they would sort of, um, there are some carnivalistic uh, photographs that I've found that uh, show Norwegians dressed like Indians for, for you know, just a sort of uh, for dressed up for fun or something. But that, sure. that is in a period where, where, where the Native American uh, population Already had been driven away, so 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 they could sort of uh, allow themselves, or they had sort of a, a kind of distance to it in a sense. But it, 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 so that is uh, how. Um, I mean, it's only indirectly that the presence is there. Or, for example, in that that uh, Alistair Gilbert Alistair's. Uh, um, um, volume of photographs from, from Lanesbury, where he has uh, photographed the people that are wandering in the streets in Lanesbury, and, and he has done a snapshot of uh, the poor Indian that collects uh, uh, herbs in the area and sells them and so on. That, but he looks quite miserable, and that is, he is sort, sort of marginalised in that uh, mm-hmm. Norwegian-American Will it? So, so, so I, 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 I'm looking forward to to hear and see more about these uh, absent histories, and I wish also that could have, would have been more uh, to say about this. Uh, but, sure. But but uh, but uh, hopefully there will be more um, in 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 the research that. Uh, that noise going on, I mean. Yeah. Sure. Well, I, mm-hmm. I applaud you 
for acknowledging it mm -hmm. and for opening up to further discussion. I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. uh, you, I also you you also talk about the role of historians and and yourself as a historian and how you convey this history. I'm going to read a, a quote from the book that I found particularly fascinating. Mm -hmm. You write. Events of the past, like those happening in the present, contain an abundance of single episodes and meanings. What do we as historians, what we do as historians is to reconstruct a kind of order and connection within this chaos through language. But this is also a process that demands that we reflect on our own position in history on, and on our distance from that which once was. Mm. So talk about what your perspective is and how it found its way into the book and also how you managed to keep it out of the book so that you could to, could be a, an, uh, an unbiased uh, historian? Uh, well, uh, I, do not, I do not believe that any of us are unbiased historians in sure. a way because we all bring with us our different experiences and, and, and views on what is important or not. I mean, uh, that uh, that kind of um, grassroots perspective is also that I've chosen, uh, inspired from the grassroots, the great um, Norwegian-American grassroots historians, um, is a political perspective and is, and is a particular way of choosing to look at history. Uh, and I mean, I want it, it to be a story about ordinary people's lives and dreams. Uh, the ones, uh, the many, the lives of the many, uh, not the leaders or, or the heroes, uh, mm -hmm. but but women and ordinary families and and uh, and so on. And in that sense, I I think photographs works as a fantastic source. Uh, yes. And uh, as I write, uh, the the as just like letters, I mean, maybe fragmented and and they don't tell the whole history, and they, they are fragments that you have to put together in a way. Images work like that too, but they have a possibility or to intervene in history or to 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 cut into uh, establish. Uh, narratives and complement and or to challenge uh, established narratives about history mm -hmm. so in in a way that i i appreciate very much um for example that uh, uh, it is it, it of course it is my my choices that, that i bring along when i go to the archive and i remember mm -hmm. in, in northfield in uh, the the naha archives there it's a wonderful archive, but I said when I came that I wanted very much to look at if they had collections, albums, collections of letters and albums and memorabilia from ordinary families. Um, and then they said, don't you rather want to, to look at the, the, uh, the college founder's photographs? He was a very competent photographer too, you know. So, so that did. And then I said, no, I want this. I want this, this, other stories. These other stories. Mm -hmm. And then also, and then he, they brought me this. I, I found this box of um, that belonged to uh, the Callista family who lived in uh, Chicago, and uh, you and. Uh, and 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 it was it turned to be an archive created by uh, the woman in the family. Um, uh, it was uh, Asta Kalista, who was the daughter of Josefa Kalista, who emigrated from the south of Norway with her husband, who, uh, 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 and um, and they became part of the Norwegian American community in Chicago, and. Uh, after her mother's death, uh, Esther has delivered this box with, with all the albums and their letters and their, even their passports and so on from Norway, and um, and 
and it tells the whole story about their family, particularly the mother Yusefa. And I really <laughs> thought that it was interesting because uh, um, uh, the, 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 on the top, in the top of this box, there was um, there was a note from the archivist in Chicago that had received the material and from the, the family, and he sent it on to uh, to um, to Nofil, and he said this might be of use to Ud Bluvol's book about um, uh, Norwegians, uh, the Norwegian church in. Um, uh, Norwegians in in Chicago, and uh, so I, of course, I would be interested in seeing how Odluvul had perhaps used these images from the Kalista family uh, in in his book, but they weren't used. He hadn't used them, and I looked at the book, and it was almost all uh, exclusively a story about men. Uh, and and that there had been leaders in the community, Norwegian American community, and and uh, established institutions, and uh, of course, I mean, uh, there have been they they the 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 efforts they had, have done are admirable and so on, but but uh, I mean, it's also important to to speak about how the lives of. Uh, the women in this community would be, uh-huh. and that is how that is how I, I discovered that is how I wanted to read that the material in that book box in uh, the Naha archive in Norfolk as a story about itself, as a, not as a source to its history, but uh, something else about the Norwegian uh, church in uh, in Chicago or something like that, but. It was meant to be a documentation of the Kalisa family, and mm-hmm. and it should be read as that. But that story about that family is is not, you know, atypical. I think it's quite typical, but not not uh, less important for that. I mean, so so, mm-hmm. so I really enjoyed, I, I, and I became very fond of. Uh, <laughs> That character, Josefa, who was uh, quite colourful and and she loved posing, so she she was photographed throughout her life and and enjoyed it so much and and uh, she loved singing and that is also something that comes very much true in her. So you know, leafing through her albums, you can almost hear her humming away on Norwegian songs that she she put the Norwegian song text under the photographs or postcards of Norwegian landscapes and so on. So so that kind of, that, you know, it, it, that, that material also speaks about their uh, 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 way of, um, uh, that ethnicity was important to them, or, you know, and, and their tightness as a family and uh, their closeness to, to Norway, that they can never let go of. At least you, you said I didn't. So, 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 um, uh, it could be read on so many levels that collections of uh, that archive actually that that sure. archive, I believe. And it sounds like there are probably a lot of stories out there yet to be told. Oh, yes, I'm sure. Uh, you, you've mentioned a lot of travel in, in your research. You were in New York, you were Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, back in Norway. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about that archival research and how much time that took and what that was that process was like. Yeah, um, well, luckily we got some funding from the Norwegian Research Council. So uh, um, I started in, in Norway uh, with Norwegian... Uh, uh, looking through the archive at the Norwegian Margin Museum, um, and then uh, I happened to get a Fulbright uh, scholarship, so that made it easier for me to travel travel around in the Midwest. Uh, so I did that, and uh, and also in yeah in Norway, 
I was happy. I, 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 I thought I had to limit this to make somehow. I can't, I can't do do the whole country. There's so much. Mm-hmm. So I decided to 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 um, to do uh, case studies of two or what there were to be found in two particular districts. So I chose uh, the coastal district uh, uh, near Stavanger. Um, and also um, uh, the the inland valley of Setsdalen, and I thought the fieldwork uh, up there was uh, such an amazing and wonderful experience, uh, because uh, as it became known in Norway that uh, I'd started this work, uh, I was invited up to to this valley. There was an old man who had read in the newspaper about uh, that project and my project, and and he said you must come up here. There's so many stories, there's so many letters, there's so many photographs, and uh, oh, narrow valley um, is so narrow that I mean, only one con- son could inherit uh, the land in each family. And 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 uh, the other sons uh, or, or daughters that wanted to 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 stay in in uh, um, as farmers in within farming as a sort of source of a living um, had to go somewhere else. And instead of going to that then uh, to uh, to uh, Christian San, who was the nearest town, was. Uh, to work to be uh, urbanized, they went. They immigrated, so so that was a part of their community life that that so many immigrated, so immigrated. So 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 he, so so, so then I contacted the museum in Zestal, and uh, they said we could collaborate on this, and uh, so we made a collection day up at the museum and. A collection weekend and people came with loaded with bags oh, albums wow. and and one there was this woman also he she she just uh uh suddenly she started singing while we were sitting there talking and there, there there's a tradition of songs i mean they would start these short songs that would speak about going uh, uh, and about longing and and so on. So so people in Sittsdal they still have that wonderful musical um, heritage connected to migration, and there's also uh, um, a wonderful uh, singer in Norway that has worked on this material and uh, recorded it, I, be, I believe. But uh, that was an experience that was I will never forget, and all these. Uh, stories that came up. I mean that that uh, that image with where uh, that story about the the egg and bacon <laughs> uh, anecdote that they have in the book. It is a, uh-huh. there was there was this family that came and showed me. Uh, it's just a, a picture of three brothers from a set style family, but uh, there is a story about how. It's connected to a story about how uh, they all went uh, to the United States, and um, and uh, they couldn't speak, of course, um, American. So it was hard for them to order food for the, when they first arrived. So so they they only ordered what what they could pronounce and and and. and uh, so that became egg and bacon. So, okay. so they, they uh, so that that picture says egg and bacon on the backside, and that story is is connected to to the family heritage <laughs> in a sense. That funny story, but it's also uh, touching in a way that's also sad in the family that they went to to work uh, for uh, for a car factory, and um, and then. They were buried next to in, in each other in America, just the same way as they're standing next to each other in the photograph. So, mm-hmm. so that is the kind of stories that um, photographs bring forth. 
in Norway, for instance. So, and that's still our life. Well, you, you say you had a collection day. What, I'm sure there are people, listeners, who have photos from their grandparents and great-grandparents who were Norwegian immigrants and, and letters that perhaps they can't even read because they're in Norwegian. Uh, are there places uh, that people can take those? I'm sure uh, that Vesterheim Museum in uh, Decora, for, for example, would be, would be a, a good receiver for that kind of material. And they, they mm-hmm. would also be able to help with the linguistic uh, side of it, of it. Or I could also help for that. that, that really. Sure. Yes. So, so uh, uh, please bring it to a museum if, you don't, if you're not interested in keeping it. But, uh, but let it, don't let it travel alone. Let it go with some information uh, about... Uh, who owned that photograph and and or album or whatever it is? So um, um, because it's so sad, I think now, but quite totally understandable that uh, the way that these photographs you know mostly travel out in the world is from perhaps third generation Norwegian Americans that that. Uh, are no longer interested or perhaps no longer have the contextual information around these mm-hmm. old photographs. So they choose to sell the, the albums, for for instance. Um, and I, I, I would hope that they, they um, would um, send them to a museum instead or try yeah. somewhere, where, an archive somewhere, where people could take care of them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you mentioned in our correspondence. Are you coming to uh, Northfield again uh, soon, Northfield, Minnesota? Yes, uh, I'm going. I'm I'm coming now in the, by the end of April, uh, beginning of May, okay. because I'm participating and presenting my work at the uh, Scandinavian Era Studies Conference in uh, in Madison, and but also will also present my work at the uh, Naha. Uh, meeting that takes place on the 30th of April. So, uh, but I will also travel to to Decora and uh, and to to Fargo uh, to to present this book. Great, that's fantastic. Hopefully, I get a chance to to meet yeah, you. Yeah, lovely. Uh, uh, what are you working on right now? Um, well, <laughs> you. You brought up the subject of uh, indigeneity earlier, and uh, mm-hmm. and I'm actually working on that now in uh, on photography and indigeneity in a Norwegian context, because uh, I was involved in a larger project some after I uh, finished the uh, the Norwegian history of photography and uh, the the picture for, of of longing book uh, about. Um, how uh, European museums address um, colonial heritage photography, and uh, um, the, that was a project that involved uh, um, uh, the UK and uh, and and the Netherlands, which are, of course, uh, as we know, uh, former great fo- uh, colonial powers. So, but 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 no, Norway is an exception in in this uh, context because, and I think that was why we participated as well because we we uh, are a colonial a country that formerly has been colonialized but still have acted in a colonial way towards our own indigenous population. So, uh, which is the Sami population in the north, and uh, so um, I have, uh, together with my uh, anthropologist colleague Hilde Wallem Nielsen, I've, I've written about uh, how the Sami Museum in Karlshøk in Norway address and use uh, photographs in their um, exhibition practices. But uh, in that work, I also understood how 
little that is done about uh, photographs from the Sami areas, and um, and I believe that is the Sami population may be one of the most photographed people in Europe actually because they are the European Indians, and uh, so people travel from France, from 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 uh, from. Uh, from England, from from Germany, as uh, you know, to 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 do ethnographic studies of from 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 the Sami communities and and to pr- produce an ethnographic for sales or for museum collections and or for uh, worse racial studies. So. Uh, anthropometric studies. So, so, but so far there hasn't been done an extensive research effort of um, tracing these collections. So that is what what we've been working on. So we are tracing the collections and looking at, at how they have circulated in history and been used in, in for different purposes. So, so that is uh, what I'm working on now. Quite a project. It's important and valuable work, and, and I look forward to reading it and hearing about it when when you publish your findings. Thank you. I've been speaking with Dr. Sigrid Lien, author of the book Pictures of Longing: Photography and the Norwegian American Migration. Dr. Lien, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you.